music, appreciate Brother Morse being my legs in recent days and doing visitation at Moss Hospital and so forth. My health issues, and I appreciate it so much. He's going to speak for us today. He's been with us 23 years, somewhere through there. I thought about it a while ago when he got on the platform. He said, am I supposed to be on the platform? Years ago, he was having a program, and he walked up on the platform. He was not supposed to be there. He looked like a fish out of water. And I finally told him he's not supposed to be on the platform. So he had to eat back off the platform. But he's supposed to be on the platform today. So just stay and preach, okay? Good morning. If God has been good to you, would you say amen? amen? I don't know about you, but God has been better to me than I deserve. And knowing what I know about life, I'd say that's true of all of us. Amen. Thank God for his mercy that endureth forever. It's a joy to be able to stand before you this morning and preach God's word. Thank you, Pastor, for giving me the opportunity and uh, I'm glad I could be a part of helping my pastor rest and recover so he can get back in the battle. Amen. Um, you know, I played football in high school and uh, I was blessed to be able to be on the, uh, the starting lineup of the, the varsity football team. Uh, but you have a second string and you have third string guys that are on the bench ready to go uh, to fill in when the, the main players are out. And uh, I'm just coming off the bench this morning. Amen. Amen. Filling in. So my pastor can mend and get better and uh, get back up here and yell at us some more. Amen. <laughs> Good to see you this morning. If you have your Bibles, we're going to be in the book of Luke chapter 12. Luke chapter 12. Pastor, is Brother Tyner still in the hospital? Okay. When did he come home? Okay. Uh, it, it dawned on me when uh, I was in the hospital, the room they put me in, I was two doors down from Brother Tyner because I went to visit him in the hospital a few days before and uh, he was in 3603. They put me in 3605, uh, but I was not in any condition to go down and visit with him. Uh, so I didn't, didn't take advantage of that. I didn't think about calling him while I was there. I guess I could have and uh, could have aggravated him a little bit on the phone, but he was there with low blood pressure. I was there with high blood pressure. Amen. And so we, we covered all the bases there, I guess. Uh, but Luke chapter 12 this morning, and I'm going to begin reading in verse number 13. Luke chapter 12 and verse number 13. The Bible says, And one of the companies said unto him, Master, speak to my brother that he divide the inheritance with me. And he said unto him, Man, who made me a judge or a divider over you? And he said unto them, Take heed. And beware of covetousness. For a man's life consisteth not in the abundance of the things which he possesseth. And he spake a parable unto them, saying, The ground of a certain rich man brought forth plentifully. And he thought within himself, saying, What shall I do? Because I have no room where to bestow my fruits. And he said, This will I do. I will pull down my barns and build greater. And there will I bestow all my fruits and my goods. And I will say to my soul, Soul, thou hast much goods laid up for many years. Take thine ease, eat, drink, and be merry. But God said unto him, Thou fool, this night thy soul 
shall be required of thee. Then whose shall those things be which thou hast provided? Let's pray. Father, in Jesus' name, I'm so glad that you love me. I'm so glad that you sought me out as a sinner on my way to hell. I thank you, Father, that you lavish me with your love, your mercy, and your grace. And I thank you for that glorious, wonderful day when you saved my soul. And Father, thank you for the mercy and the grace that you've extended to me daily since that day. Thank you for being so good to me. Thank you for allowing me to be a part of the family of God. Thank you for the privilege to be able to stand behind this sacred desk this morning and to share your precious word with these precious people. And the Holy Spirit, again, I make myself completely available to you the best way that I know how. I'm just an instrument this morning. I'm just a tool that's available to you, Holy Spirit. May everyone see you this morning and not me. Father, may you have your will and your way in this service. May it be exactly what you want it to be, the best way we know how. We give it to you. Holy Spirit, may you take complete control just now. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. In this uh, passage here, Jesus is giving a parable. Now, a parable uh, is something that's cast alongside something. And the idea is that it is a story that is cast alongside of a great truth to help us understand it. Uh, uh, someone put it this way, a parable is an earthly story that conveys a heavenly truth. And so in the text that we just read this morning, Jesus is surrounded by a throng of people. And in the midst of that throng of people as he's teaching, a young man rushes into his presence and he has a complaint that he needs some help with. And he comes to Jesus and he says, Jesus, tell my brother to divide the inheritance with me. And Jesus said to him, who made me? Who made me a judge over you and your brother? Why are you coming to me with this problem? And Jesus saw what was going on in the heart of this young man as soon as he approached him. Jesus knew that this young man and his brother had a problem. They had a problem with covetousness. And uh, because the Bible tells us in this, in this passage here, in verse number 15... When he's responded to this young man, verse 14, he said unto him, Man, who made me judge or divider over you? And then in verse, verse 15, he says, the Bible says, And he said, Unto them take heed and beware of covetousness. And then you drop down, if I can find the verse here, he says it again. He addresses them. Uh, if, somebody, if somebody finds it before I do, you tell me where it's at. Verse 16 yeah, verse 16, he spake a parable unto them, saying. Now, he understands that this young man has got a heart problem. He's got covetousness in his heart, but his brother does as well. But he's addressing this young man and dealing with the issue for both of them. What is covetousness? 
covetousness is that insatiable desire to gain possessions and accumulate possessions. It's a it's the desire, the wrong kind of desire to have things. It's, a, it's like a greed. You just, you got to have this. Uh, you see somebody else has something. Oh, I, I got to have that. Covetousness is that insatiable desire to obtain possessions and to accumulate those possessions. And so Jesus begins to tell a parable. This story that is cast along this, by this great truth. Jesus tells them to beware of covetousness. And so he casts along this earthly story to help this young man to understand what's going on in his heart. And so he tells him the story about a rich man whose soil brought forth plentifully. This rich, rich man, he had a, a great farm. And uh, he had uh, planted his, the seed, and uh, the soil had brought forth abundantly. He had worked, he had labored, and that field, that soil brought forth abundantly. And he had so much that he could not store it all. And he thought within himself, man, this is great. I mean, man, this is great. I, I, got, I got so much, and, and uh, you know what? I could, do, I could do more. And he's thinking, what am I going to do? And... Instead of thinking, well, I've got an extra, I've got above what I need. Instead of him thinking about, well, you know, there's a lot of needy people in my community. I've got way more than I need. And I know all these folks need help. And you know what? I think I'm just going to help these folks. That wasn't his attitude. He wanted more. He wanted more. It wasn't enough. So he said, here's what I'll do. I'll, uh, I'll tear down my barns and I'll build bigger barns. And uh, I'll keep planting, planting bigger crops and get more and more. And uh, I'll keep tearing down barns and building new ones. And I'll just keep getting more and more. And I'll just kick back and I'll say to my soul, soul, you're in good shape. I mean, look at what you've got. I mean, you have an abundance. You have much laid up in stores for many years to come. You just... Now you can just lay back and take it easy and just have a good time and enjoy life and just do whatever you want to do and go everywhere where you want to go and look at all this stuff that you've got now. Man, you've got it made. You've worked all your life and boy, you poured all of your time and you poured all of your energy. Yeah, you kind of neglected time with your family and that sort of thing. But never mind that. But you've got all this stuff. And man, look at what you have accomplished and look how much you have gained. And boy, he's feeling pretty good about himself. And he's enjoying all of this abundance. And he's planning on spending the rest of his life enjoying that abundance. But something happened to this rich fool that we call him that he wasn't expecting. One night when he was least expecting it, his sleep was interrupted by a voice. And it was the voice of God. And God says to him, thou fool, this night thy soul shall be required of thee. 
Then, whose things shall these be that you have provided? God says to him, you have been a fool. You have given every day of your life working that soil. You have poured your life into that soil because your heart was filled with covetousness. You wanted more and more and more. You just could not get enough. And so you worked day and night. You were always working. Every moment you had, you were working that soil. And I blessed it. I blessed you with abundance. And now you've got great wealth. You've got great riches. But you're not going to get to enjoy it. Because this night, thy soul shall be required of thee. You see, this man made a terrible mistake. He made the same mistake that a lot of other people make. He spent his life laboring, working, working that soil. There's nothing wrong with working. There's nothing wrong with providing for your family. That's good and that's right. Everyone should be willing to work and work hard and work as unto the Lord and glorify the Lord with your labor. But there's a difference in working, for God, working and providing for your family and then working with a heart filled with covetousness. A heart that's driven with a desire to have more, have more, have more. And that's what this man was doing. Every day that he worked that soil, man, this is going to be great. Man, I'm going to have so much. I'm going to have so much more than I had last year. And man, if I keep going at this, I'm going to have more. That I'm, going to, I'm going to have to tear down my bars again. Oh man, this is great. He just poured all of himself into that soil. But he neglected the care of his soul. He neglected the thing that was the most important. Friday night... About 11.30, my wife had already gone to bed, and uh, I came to bed, and I, I laid down in the bed, and just laid on my back there, and just relaxed, and uh, boy, just thanking the Lord for his blessings, and all of a sudden, all of a sudden, my left hand started tingling. And then my forearm, my left forearm up to my elbow started tingling and got numb. And all of a sudden it felt like something was sitting on my chest. And I began to have difficulty breathing. And I'm thinking, what, what is this? Now when something like that happens... If you're normal, your heart starts going. Because that's not, that's not normal. I've never laid down at bed at night and my left hand and my left arm get numb and start tingling like that. And I thought, what am I going to do? What is this? I thought, and I started praying. I said, Lord, I said, Lord, if you want me to go, I'm ready to go. And I said, Lord, I sure do want to keep serving you. I want to be a voice for you. Lord, whatever this is, please help me. I trust you to provide what I need. And I laid there and I was trying to decide what to do. And we have two giant breed dogs in our home. So I thought, okay, if I call 911, 
I've got to do something with the dogs because they don't want the paramedics to come in and get devoured by the dogs. Okay? Um, that would not be good. So I'm thinking, okay, well, if I do, then if I call them, I'm going to have to put the dogs away before they come. If I ask my wife to drive me to the hospital, then, you know, what if I have a heart attack or something all the way to the hospital? And then, you know, I'll create a worse emergency. So what do I do? And I'm laying there, and I'm, I'm hoping that it would ease off and that it would get better, but it didn't. The numbness continued, the tingling continued, and I thought, okay, I, I've got to do something. I, I, can't just, I can't just lay here. I've got to do something. And so I, I woke my wife up, and I said, I said, please listen to me very carefully. I told her what was going on, and I said, here's what we need to do. So we made preparations to call 911. And I called them, and they came out. And I'm, by the way, I'm so thankful for our paramedics. Uh, man, they are incredible. They did such a fantastic job. They took such good care of me. I'm so thankful for those people. But they came to my house, and, and uh, they all come in there. They started asking questions as soon as they came in. And, and this one lady who was uh, in charge, it was obvious she was in charge. She started unpacking her bag, and she started asking me questions. And all while she's asking these questions, she put that, puts that blood pressure uh, uh, sleeve on my arm, and she starts squeezing, and, and she's doing that, and she's asking me questions. And she gets my number. And she said, your blood pressure is very high. And she says, the only thing that's keeping you from having a stroke right now is the bottom number. Now, I don't know how that stuff works, the bottom, top number, the bottom number. But she said, your top number is so high. She said, if your bottom number was any higher, she said, you'd be in stroke territory right now. And so she said, do you want someone to drive you to the hospital or do you want us to take you to the hospital because you're going to the hospital? She didn't give you the option. She didn't say, do you want to go? She said, you're going to the hospital. And I thank God that they came, they helped me, long story short, we found out what the problem was, and I was able to get some medication, and uh, I thank the Lord for meeting my needs and providing for me, and saving, sustaining my life, and sustaining my quality of life. But I tell you that story to tell you this. You know, when we go to bed at night, none of us are expecting to have a heart attack in our sleep. None of us are expecting for our house to burn down. We're not expecting our house to catch on fire while we're asleep. We're not ex expecting some wicked person to break into our home and harm us and harm our, our family. So we're not, we're, not, we're not expecting those things. When we lay down in our beds to go to sleep at night... We lay down and we think about what's happened in the day and we think about what we're going to do the next day and we try to settle in and fall asleep. We don't think about bad things happening to us. But that night, unexpectedly, something that I wasn't planning happened to me and it could have ended my life just that quick. It could have ended my life. And every one of us in this room this morning, on any given night, on any given morning, we could unexpectedly breathe our last breath. At any moment of the day, we could draw that last breath. Let me ask you this. Are you ready to meet God? Are you ready to meet God?
This rich fool in the parable that Jesus told was not ready to meet God. You see, he had it all figured out. Man, I'm going to work and work and work and labor. And man, I'm going to have more than everybody else. I'm going to have bigger than everybody else. I'm going to have better than everybody else. And everybody's going to look at me and see how much I got. And I'm going to have so much fun. And life is going to be so good for me. Man, I've got it all figured out. And I'm willing to work and do whatever I've got to do and sacrifice to make it happen. And he did. He was a success as far as the world is concerned. He ended up with an abundance. Plan was working out real good so far. And then when it was time to enjoy that abundance, it was abruptly interrupted by the voice of God. Thou fool, this night thy soul shall be required of thee. And if you're in this room this morning and your heart is filled with covetousness, And you're living your life every day. And you're working morning and noon and night. You get up in the morning thinking about the work you're doing. You go to bed at night thinking about the work you're doing. And your motive is to work, work, work. So you can have and have and have and accumulate and accumulate and accumulate. And have more than everybody else. And have better and bigger than everybody else. And that's what you're living your life for. And Maybe things are coming together for you and your bank account is growing and you have a big house and you have a nice car and you, you have a lot of uh, expendable income and you have a lot of power and boy, things are really coming together for you and you're anticipating really just living the good life. Be careful. Be careful. For a time when you think not, Just when you think it's all coming together, man, this is great. This is what I work for so hard. Man, I've got more than so-and-so, and and I've got better than so-and-so, and and I've got bigger than so-and-so, and and man, I'm going to be set for life. Just the moment you think it's all coming together, when you least expected it, and you hear that voice, thou fool, this night thy soul shall be required of thee. Are you ready to meet God? Are you preparing your soul? Are you pouring your life into your soul, preparing yourself to meet God? Or are you pouring your life into the soil, so to speak, as the rich young fool did here in this story? If you're pouring your life into the soil, you're going to be very disappointed. You're going to face some consequences that you're not going to like. Are you ready to meet God? I can't see your hearts this morning. I know some of you are here most every service. Some of you not as as often. I understand there's some here for the first time today. But I also understand that statistics show that a large number of people that are members of churches are not ready to meet God. On the outside, everything looks good. They know how to talk and they know how to act and they know how to look. Everything looks right on the outside, but on the inside, they know and God knows they're not ready to meet God.
Maybe you're here this morning and you're living for the things of this world. Maybe you get up every morning thinking, man, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make this amount of money today. And you're thinking about how much you're going to make that week, how much you're going to make that month, how much you're going to make that year. And you think, oh, I'm going to be able to get this and I'm going to be able to get that. And I'm going to be able to do this. And that's what drives you every day. That's what drives you to get up. What I can make, what I can get so that I can have and do and go and be. And that consumes your life. And you don't have time for God. You're going to find yourself in big trouble one day. Because one day, one day, we're all going to have an appointment with God. The Bible says it's appointed unto man once to die. We're going to die, all of us. And none of us are anticipating death. None of us are looking forward to death, but it's coming. And it's going to come a time when we're not expecting it. So I want to challenge this morning to make sure that we're ready. Are you ready to meet God? When you're drawing that last breath, when you're seized with that moment, and you know this is it, am I going to die? Is this it? Is this the end of my life? And your life flashes before you. And you think, is this going to be the day that I have to stand before God? It's not going to matter how much time you've invested in your soil, so to speak. What's going to matter is what time have you invested in your soul? Are you ready to meet God? If you're here this morning and you haven't accepted Jesus Christ as your Savior, you're not ready to meet God. If you're here this morning... You're just like the rest of us. You're a sinner. The Bible says all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. We all have a dreadful disease called sin. And it has contaminated our soul. And if we don't do something about it, it's going to damn our soul to hell forever. But I'm glad that God loves us. I'm glad that God has demonstrated his mercy to us. I'm glad God has demonstrated his grace to us. I'm glad that God has demonstrated his love to us by giving us his only begotten son, the Lord Jesus Christ, the very son of God who entered into the human race, took upon himself the flesh of humanity. And he lived in this wicked, sinful, vile, corrupted, polluted world for some 33 years without one time sinning. He died an innocent man on the cross for your sin and my sin. He was our substitute. We should die for our sin. We should experience the wrath of God in hell forever because of our sin. But when Jesus Christ died on that cross, my friend, he was taking your sin and my sin into his body. He was taking your wrath and my wrath upon himself so that we could go free. For God hath made him to be sin for us who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. We have a dreadful disease called sin. And that sin is going to cause us to spend eternity in hell if something is not done about it. But God has done something about it. 
He has made a way for that sin to be forgiven. He's made a way for us to escape hell. He's made a way for us to have a home in heaven. He's made a way for us to know him and have a relationship with him. And can I tell you something? There's no greater joy in this world than knowing God and experiencing the love of God and being able to live for God and be a part of the family of God. It's wonderful. It's heaven on earth. Amen. Amen. But when this life is over, it gets even better. If you accept what Jesus did for you. If you as a sinner realize, hey, I'm a sinner. I'm on my way to hell. God loves me. He gave his only begotten son, Jesus Christ, to die on that cross for my sin. He died a violent, brutal death there, shed his blood for me as my substitute. He was buried three days, risen back from the dead on the third day. You say, I believe that, and God, the best way I know how, I accept what Jesus did for me. Jesus, please come into my heart and forgive me my sin and take me to heaven when I die. The moment you do that, God forgives you of your sin. And God gives you the gift of eternal life. And from that moment, you never again have to worry about going to hell. You never again have to worry about hearing that dreadful voice, Thou fool, this night thy soul shall be required of thee. Because when God calls you out of this world, you're going to be ready. You're going to be looking forward to that voice. You're going to be listening for the trump. You're going to be ready. You're going to welcome death when it's time to die. Because you're ready to meet God. But if you're not, if you're not, if you're not in Christ, if you don't accept what God has done for you, you're going to have some terrible consequences. God has made a way for you to have your sin forgiven. God has done all that's necessary for you to be ready to meet him. All you have to do is accept it. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. God says, you got a real problem, sinner. And I'm the only one who can do a thing about it. And I want you to know I love you. And I've done something about it. I've made a way for your sin to be forgiven. Here it is. All you have to do is accept it. Have you done that? Are you feverishly working your fingers to the bone every day, trying to get, 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 so you can have, have, have? And you're neglecting that. You're preparing the soil. But you're not preparing your soul. God loves you. God wants you. To have a relationship with him. God. Jesus is preparing a place. For us now. I go to prepare a place for you. He's gone to prepare that place for us. But you'll never enjoy it. You'll never experience it that you accept what Jesus